Welcome to the Hope Connection Radio Show, brought to you by Bishop Harry Jackson and the Hope Christian Church family. Today's message is sure to transform your life and touch your soul. Let's listen in to this powerful teaching by Bishop Jackson, already in progress. The reading of his word, you may be seated. Even Solomon, in all of his glory, was not arrayed like one of these. What is he talking about? Anybody know? He's talking about the lilies of the field. Is that right? Are you sure about that? Okay, so he's comparing Jesus. Jesus is comparing Solomon, richest man in the world in his day, a man who's Military folk and courtyard folk were so awesome that wasn't the queen of Sheba looked at them and talked about how it took her breath away watching them come and go. And Jesus had the nerve to say, or the revelation to say, or the boldness to say, that the lilies of the field are arrayed in more glory than Solomon. Solomon was rich. How many would grant me that? So we hear a challenge by Jesus about priorities and finance. So today we want to talk a little bit about tithing. We want to explode some myths. We got a lot to cover. But essentially what I'm hoping will happen for us today is that we will get information that will lead to inspiration and maybe we'll have a download that will give us faith to begin to move us to a whole nother realm where we can participate with the Lord in turning our personal finances around. So is there anybody in the room that needs a turnaround in your personal finance? Anybody? Maybe I should say that the other way around. Does anybody not need a turnaround, in your opinion, in your finance? You, you're just all right. You're good. And if that's you, then you, you want to stay good. Amen. Stay blessed. But we're in a time where I'm told that there are people who are angry about where they are financially, and they're showing up at the various rallies. Stats say that many of the folks on the left, who are run, running with Bernie, and on the right, are running with Trump, are people who feel like their money is evaporating right before their eyes. And the problem is that the answer to their financial dilemma is probably not going to come just or by itself from any kind of political alternative or political agenda. Does that make any sense? So what if America has forgotten about God and one of the ways that he is waking us and shaking us awake is that he's allowing pressures to come in that we haven't had to deal with before. What if America is going headlong into a car wreck of economic challenge because we've forgotten God? If that's the case, then maybe there's a way out for those who are the faithful, how many believe that even if the nation is going in the wrong direction, God can help turn around your family 
and put you in the right direction. How, how many believe that? How many believe that if the storms are raging around us, that we can still find God's support and God's help in our lives? So I want to talk a little bit about this issue of tithing. Let me begin by reminding you about what we said last week. How many were not here last week uh, hear us talk about Malachi? You were not here. Anybody not here? Quite a few were not here, so let me just repeat to you. We read Malachi chapter 3, and it says, essentially, will a man rob God? It talked about how that whole nation had robbed God in tithes and offerings. But we determined last week that God was not just talking about the need to bring 10% or more. There were a series of tithes that the Old Testament would have. But it was not just about that. It was two aspects. They needed to bring a righteous life to God and honor him with the covenant of their life being lived out before God, and they were supposed to bring this 10% that was an expression of thanks to God for what he had done for them. And because they didn't bring it in the right way, they weren't living in the reverence of God and they weren't giving to God by faith, then the Lord was rebuking them, repudiating their religiosity, and saying, look, I, I, I want you to bring me what I require. So let's look at our note. Number one, in the Old Testament, tithing, and really they had at least three tithes in the Old Testament, a primary tithe, which was used in worship, a second tithe. We won't have time today to talk about all those issues of festivals and activities and a tithe of the third year. And that was a requirement in the Old Testament. But in our day, B, if you'll see it on your notes, this should be a revelation in the new, meaning we believe that we teach tithing. We believe it to be foundational to making covenant with God around our life, our lifestyle, and our finance. But we have to see it by revelation. God has got to make it real to us, and we do it. We are to enter into it by faith. Does that make sense to you? It's going to be based on what we see and what we do. So if we want, God's blessing over us, no matter what we are saying, there's a way we express our faith toward God. And the Lord said in Malachi that if we bring a tithe, he'll open the windows of heaven, he'll pour out a blessing, our warehouse will not be able to maintain it. Second, he will rebuke the devourer for our sake, anything that's coming to steal the blessing of God from our lives. God wants to rebuke it. Isn't that a great thing to believe? Amen. It can be. It will be. Hallelujah. So there is a pouring out of blessing, and there is a blocking of Satan's agenda over our lives to destroy what we have and for us to reflect the glory of God. How many believe that the devil has a plan 
for your life? How many believe that Jesus has a plan for your life? How many believe that where the devil's plan and Jesus' plan conflict, we call that warfare? Can anybody feel like even the whole nation, America, is in a time of warfare and conflict? I, I believe we are. So we want to win the war. We want to position ourselves so that the glory of God may be seen and God may be releasing to us what he wants us to have. He wants you and I to enter into a realm of the blessing of God. I've heard it said that one particular man preached to his congregation of several thousand people that every one of them was called to be a millionaire. And I thought to myself when I heard that said that I, I don't know that that's really a true word in that we are called to blessing, we're called to God watching over us, but we're not all called to the same level or comparable levels of financial blessing. But the tithe is a covenantal commitment to God that ensures that the Lord will watch over us and everything that we need and everything that will help us carry out our unique calling and mission in God will be underwritten and it will be financed by the bank of heaven. I think that's greater than just trying to say, I'm going to add my name to the list of American millionaires. Maybe in this century, some enterprising church leader will claim that if you join his church, everyone will become a billionaire or a trillionaire. But I'm not so sure that that all is needed for us. Point D, the tithe represents an expression of thanks and love to God. Principles should be that we come to the Lord and say, you've blessed us, and as we give this gift to you of tithes and offerings, we want to see your continued blessing manifested in our lives. And so it's sort of like an amazing way of getting a spiritual kind of protection. How many are aware that common folklore tells us that if we're living, let's say, in Chicago or New York, in certain parts of the city, there will be people who will come around and offer to protect your house of business or wherever you are working and living. How many ever heard about that? How many understand that that's an off-the-books, under-the-table kind of contribution? Uh, we, we know that the mafia might require some money if they're going to protect you. In a manner of speaking, that's also what's going on when we pay governmental taxes, that we're believing that the government is going to take care of us and that they're going to make sure that if some kind of violence happens, some kind of problem happens, some kind of need arises, we're paying a tax to the government in order to have their involvement and their protection in our lives. This isn't a tax, but it is an exchange, and there is a covenantal commitment that God says, I will look over you, I'll watch out for you, I'll go ahead of you, 
And all of that is part of how and why we give the tithe. Look at point two under D. We're going to look at the word mammon. God versus mammon. Under point A, the Robertson book, Word Pictures in the New Testament. It's an amazing book. You can get that online. You can also have a hardbound regular book. I've got them in both forms. Interesting. It's breakdown of Greek words in the New Testament. And it says this, quote, Mammon is a Chaldee, Syriac, and Punic word for like Plutus. Somebody say Plutus. For the money god or devil. The slave of Mammon will obey Mammon while pretending to obey God. Jesus said you cannot serve God and Mammon at the same time. In other words, you can't give full throated uh, affirmation of what God says and live that way and also really serve mammon at the same time. You'll love the one, cling to the other, and Robertson says you'll only give lip service to one. You'll pretend to obey God while bowing down to mammon. Can anybody other than me see that that may be part of what's going on as I drive around 495. The other day I was in a place where we had the meeting for this meeting this weekend. The person drove up in a Jaguar and they had all these clothes that they were pulling out the back of the car and they were moving in and out. I was noticing though that they had a cane, and they were walking with a very distinctive limp and looked like they had been a stroke victim. But they had all the opulence of what we're going to call American advantage and prosperity, but the blessing of health seemed to be escaping them at this moment. And I was marveling at the pride, the opulence, Drive around 495, how many higher-end cars from Mercedes and Lexus and what, what, what is that, that thing, the silver shadow? It's a Rolls Royce uh, and Bentleys. Has anybody seen any of those on the road in D.C.? Maybe three or four of the richest counties in the nation or right around this beltway, and we see financial opulence, and I can't help but think that Robertson is right, that some people have transferred confidence from the God of creation to the created stuff. From what God, the God who makes things to what's been made by God. The Daily Study Bible, if you look at it here, point B under two says, Jesus goes on to say, you cannot serve God and mammon. The correct spelling is with one M. Mammon was a Hebrew word for material possessions. Originally, it was not a bad word at all. The rabbis, for instance, had a saying, let the mammon of thy neighbor be as dear to thee as thine own. In other words, watch out for somebody else's stuff the way you watch out for your own. You got it? That is to say, a man should regard his neighbor's material possessions as being as sacrosanct as his own, but the word mammon had a curious and most revealing 
history. It comes from a root, which means to entrust, and mammon was that a man entrusted to a banker or to a safe deposit of some kind. Mammon was a wealth which a man entrusted so someone or to someone to keep safe for him. But as the years went on, mammon came to mean not that which was entrusted, but that in which a man put his trust. The end of the process was that mammon came to be spelled with a capital M and came to be regarded as nothing less than a God. Now, if we study the rest of Jesus' statement, I'm not going to go into all that. You see it in your note, but essentially fear of loss, anxiety and concern about what's going on with my money and where is it going to be, we can get hung up on that. And point C, that we must express thanksgiving and trust in tithes and offerings, and we must rest, let our hearts rest in the fact that God is watching over us. He's seeing, too, all the things that we will need. Some of us are at an age where you're looking over the horizon to retirement coming up right away. The question that many are asking is, will we have enough? If I don't die exactly on time, will I outlive my money? That's an interesting question. Some are wondering whether they're going to wind up in a nursing home or they're going to wind up nursing at home or what's going to happen to them as they go forward. There are a lot of concerns. Others are just trying to make it, most of us are trying to make it from paycheck to paycheck. And so the concern about money in this place where we live better clearly than 90% of the rest of the world, we still have money worries, money concerns. And tithing really should be all about making a covenant with God, getting a strategy from God, are we on our unique life assignment doing what God wants us to do? I find many Christians in our generation don't know what the will of God for their lives is. They are operating in a vocation, hoping and waiting that their true destiny will come along. I'm convinced part of our problem is nothing more than American vanity. If we think more of ourselves than we ought, we see ourselves as history makers. We feel like if the Kardashians can get their own show, so should we. Well, let's move right along. Now, I want to talk <laughs> a little bit about the history of tithing. Under point two, you'll see this note here. We're going to go through this quickly. We won't go into everything, but essentially, Abram and Jacob are the progenitors of tithing that is encapsulated in the law. We see that Abraham is the place of first mention. You know that first mention is the first place in the Bible. Any doctrine is mentioned in that place, that point of revelation. Often everything relating to that truth is seen in that first mention. 
and it's teased out more in the Old and the New Testaments. But here, Genesis 14, we see after four Mesopotamian kings had taken Lot captive, Abraham attacked them and recovered all the spoils of war. After the war, Melchizedek came to him, who we believe was a real figure, and blessed Abraham, and Abraham gave him a tenth of everything, Genesis 14, 20. Question is, we don't know where Abram got the idea from, whether it was just a practice that people had carried out in the Middle East. It certainly predates anything that's written in the Scripture in terms of a rule and regulation about bringing a tithe or 10%. But the idea of protection money is really there, that he is bringing God a tenth, saying, Lord, I'm going to give you this amount. I'm going to believe that it's thanksgiving for the victory and protection against problems in the future. How many got that? And so you can read ver uh, paragraph 2. Skipping to paragraph 3, Genesis 28, we see a story of Jacob. And you all know Jacob, and we know about Jacob's ladder. Anybody here not know about Jacob's ladder? Never heard Jacob's ladder? Never heard the song about Jacob's ladder? We are climbing Jacob's ladder. I don't sing like this lady over here, so I'll just, I'll just cut that short. But essentially, Jacob goes to sleep in a place that he calls Bethel. It was originally called Luz. It was a place of danger and perversion. And Luz literally means perverse. And in that place, name perverse, who would name your place that? And he has this revelation of a ladder going from heaven from the ground, rather, up to heaven, angels coming up and down. And Jacob wakes up and says, ah, this place is a hallowed place. He calls it Bethel. But he gets the idea that angelic beings can watch over him. God can look out for him. And he offers to bring God a tithe he made a covenant with God and says, if you bring me out and bring me home safely, I will surely give you the tenth. I personally believe that it was a cultural concept. I personally believe that it was a practice. And if you are not giving to Almighty God, it would have been superstitious. But for us, it is a matter of faith. And for many of us who are not anchored in real revelation, we waver. We'll go through months of tithing, and then we, uh, under pressure, drop off. But are we going to really follow through? So the tithe was established. Fourth paragraph in this segment, we'll find Leviticus reference there that everything that went under the rod last week, we talked about the fact that, in fact, during the days of Malachi, that people were offering blind and lame animals to God. They would count 10, but if they found one of their animals was crippled, one of them 
was going through some problems, they take that animal and give it to God. In the New Testament, we find out that what is powerful is that in several references, the Pharisees made comments, Jesus quoted them, saying, I give a tithe of everything. Jesus, in talking about tithing in the New Testament, says, these things, tithes, offerings, you ought to have done. Thank you for listening to the Hope Connection radio broadcast. Please be sure to visit us for a Sunday service at our sprawling campus located at 6251 Ammondale Road in Beltsville, Maryland. That's 6251 Ammondale Road in Beltsville, Maryland. We are saving a seat just for you. For more information or to order the broadcast in its entirety, check us out on the web at thehopeconnection.org.